0: Well, 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 if it isn't Mr. Matt Huber. I
1: know.
0: All right, man, oh. well, listen, let's get right to it, eh? All right. Hey, guys, welcome back to another edition of On The Balding, and I'd like to welcome back my best friend and my co-host, Mr. Matt Huber. Nice to have you back, finally, buddy.
1: I know, it's, it's- been a while. I'm feeling better. I'm, I'm ready to go.
0: Caught up on
1: sleep, are you? No, I'm not. definitely not caught up on sleep.
0: <laughs> not at all. <laughs> well, listen, you know what? Since we last did an episode together, there's been a lot going on, to say the least. Uh, you know, our couple of results probably surprised the both of us some results that probably didn't surprise us in the least. So where do you want to start out? I'll give you
1: the options
0: until you're finally back.
1: Well, I mean, we've got we've got two weeks to cover, but yeah. what, what we decided to do for, for you, the listeners, is to not go over every single game, um, because if we did that, we would be here for three hours.
0: I so. think what i I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick a team that I really want or a couple of teams that I really want to talk about and you can do the same and we'll go from
1: there okay alright so go ahead
0: uh, the two teams that I want to talk about are Milwaukee and St.
1: Louis um, who are you two going to be well um, since you took your team I will take my team in Utica. Yep. And I'm going to take Ontario.
0: That's a good one to take.
1: Um,
2: Yeah, and
0: and we can dive in on each other's too, And we'll probably end up talking about other teams. We'll talking about those teams. But specifically for Milwaukee, you know, they came off of a two-game room six-streak. They lost to both. Kansas City, and gosh, I can't even remember the other team, though. That's terrible.
1: Well, it's the um, other team you want to talk about.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say that, St. Louis. Uh, Well, you know, here's the thing. Starting out with the first game with Kansas City, this is the thing. You know, we jumped up to a really early 7-2 7-2 lead, we looked good, and then all of a sudden it was like, Kansas City flipped the switch. And they scored, I believe it was nine on No, I'm sorry, eight on goals because Milwaukee scored one at the end. Uh, you know, it's, it's scary for me because you look at Milwaukee, And really, the first thing you think about, especially going into, well, coming back from last year, is how good they were defensively. They didn't give up runs like you saw against uh, Kansas City. Like, that scared me because I'm thinking to myself, you know, we have to play this team again on Monday, and then, you know, they lost to St. Louis, which, of course, really, really surprised me because I'm not taking anything away from St. Louis because they deserve to win, but at the end of the day, it was just, it wasn't something that I expected. Uh, You know, so, again, going back to that Kansas City game, I said that, you know, the defense is something that they struggled with and you know, you've seen it now in the last few games. You even saw it a little bit today against Kansas City again. Uh so when you look at that Kansas City game, what do you what do you what would you take away from it?
1: Well, I mean as a as a Wave fan, you're <clears throat> you know, it, it's funny, Milton, the, watching the Milwaukee Kansas City game kind of reminded me of the the Utica St Louis game part two, yeah, um, Sunday, where it's like Milwaukee's up seven to seven to two, and you're like, okay, this is good, but in the back of your mind, you're like, it could happen.
0: And it is. <laughs> and
1: when Kansas City started scoring goals, you're like, oh no, not again. Why is this happening? Yeah. Yeah. Again. It's it's not it's not just a two-game it wasn't just a two-game losing streak for Milwaukee. It was a two-game losing streak where you had the game pretty much wrapped up. Yep. Absolutely. And you couldn't and you couldn't finish. And it almost was a three-game losing streak.
0: Well, I, you know, here's the thing, I'll, I'll be completely honest with you, I had zero idea what was going on in Kansas City, because I was coaching a game, and I got a text from my buddy Christopher, and he said, you got to be going crazy right now, I'm like, what are you talking about, I'm coaching right now, and she's like, Milwaukee had a 7-2 lead, and they're losing, I'm like, what?! So, of course, then, you know, I go back and I watch the game. I'm like, Jesus.
1: Well, as of course, as that game was going on, Utica was doing their own fourth quarter fail. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, you know,
1: I, I think,
0: you know, as much as we were talking about our own teams, a lot of the credit has to go to St. Louis. I mean, you know, I, I look at this St. Louis team, and I, I I said to you in the very beginning, I said, I don't know how this team is going to be. Like, I, I genuinely don't know. They've been playing really good soccer with the exception of Unica Part 2. And, you know, credit to Utica for being able to Bounce back! And, and really, you know, the announcers said it best when they were talking about the first game. They said, "You know, it wasn't on Perella. Perella, <coughs> Perella did pretty much everything he was asked to do, uh, but I just think you know, I, it was so uncharacteristic of Utica to give up a game like that. I, I don't think any of us not coming, but then again, you look at my picks from
1: last week, and I was absolutely dreadful. So, yeah, I think we were both dreadful. But I'm gonna get into Utica in a little bit because I honestly have a lot to say about what happened last weekend. Yeah. <laughs> um. So back back to Milwaukee. I mean, the the first game against St. Louis, um, where they were up. Six to one. Yep. I mean, the, the the final two goals ended in some sort of, of controversy, and I, I've heard it on both sides. Where, well, we the restarts I mean, were too fast, or I
0: said that to you. I said to you, I said, you, I said you, go watch that video because it looks like the restart is way too fast, and you know, it's really up to the referee. And you know, with the referees thought oh, it was a good restart, so be it. You know, it, it's, it's really not you can't blame it on that restart. I mean, Milwaukee should have
1: Right. You should yeah, I mean, you game. should be ready you should be ready for a restart regardless.
0: Oh no, I completely I completely one hundred percent agree. I'm not I'm not saying yeah. that I I, I think You know, but again, it goes back to credit to St. Louis for being able to fight back in that game, especially the way that they did. Because you look at it, Milwaukee had control, and then all of a sudden it's like something happened. You know, and granted, yeah, you can talk about defense because that's, to me, that's what it's about. You stop playing defense, you're not going to win games. But I want to ask you this because I banged the question on M.A.S. all off the wall and everybody thought I was crazy. Do you think part of it has to do with Rafa Diaz not being used to playing a full season? I'm not even going to say a full season, but as many games in a row as he has. Because, you know, I, I brought this up to Mark Litton and I said, you know, People say that I'm crazy, but I really think there is a a fatigue factor going on here. And he said, well, he is used to being a back of So, you know, I'm not taking anything away from what Rafa has done because he's done amazing for Milwaukee. But I think it's hard to say that fatigue is not becoming a factor for Rafa because... You look at his last few span games and he just, he still played reasonably well, but it's just not the same caliber as it was in the first four or five games of the season. Uh, You know, I'm
1: I'm not going to put this on, I'm not going to put it on Rafa Diaz, and here's why.
0: I'm not putting it on Rafa, I'm not saying it's his fault, I'm just saying, to me, he looks a little fatigued.
1: Well, this, you know, Milwaukee and Utica ran into the same issue. St. Louis went with the sixth attacker in the fourth quarter. Yes. Um, and and that's that's all there was to it. it it's not an issue with the goalkeepers. It's it's an issue with the defense. Right. Um. So I I think mm-hmm. if if I Remember correctly Rafa Diaz was like a number one goalkeeper a few years ago before he joined Milwaukee. I forget where it was. I want to say it was like uh, Chicago or, or, or one of those one of those teams. So he's well, back. Uh, yeah, before.
0: Yeah, but I mean you're you're looking at a couple of years then. I mean it's right and I mean, here's the thing. What, what scares me even more is, you know, <clears throat> he gets hurt today. We don't know the extent of the injury. I'm assuming it's a precautionary measure because he was able to finish out the first half, did not come back the second half, Maddie Ice comes in. And uh, to be honest, at first I was pretty worried because he gave up a few goals pretty quick, but he settled in and, you know, do I think Matty Ice is going to be a good option to replace Rafa if it's an extended injury? I I don't know because (coughs) um, you know, truthfully, we haven't seen Matty Ice play for an extended period of time that I can remember with Milwaukee. So, I, you know, at what point do you put Zabalos in there to give him an opportunity? That That's my thing. And I brought up that, um, that same topic with Aaron. And I said, you know, we, we have three goalkeepers. We recently signed Zabalos, but yet we haven't seen him play one time. So I don't know. It, it depends. It's going to depend on
1: the injury to Diaz. I mean, if, if you're looking at a couple of weeks, I, I think you you have Medeisle and I don't even know if, if Zabalos is like active on the roster, a part of the team. Like, I'm not exactly sure. So
0: Yeah, I don't know. But um,
1: here, I, I, I mean I would stick with ISO until Rafa gets better. Because it looks like Florida's running away with the Eastern Conference. And the number one seed is the only seed that really matters at this point.
0: Well, but here's the thing. If you're in Milwaukee and you know it, it's an extended injury, do you try to go out and get another goalkeeper? I mean, I... It, it's
1: tough, because how many roster spots are you going to have for goalies?
0: Well, that's just it, because if you... don't know if you saw the game today, but, you know... Tom Wynn was saying, hey, you know, uh, Josh Labos is not ruling out that he will not return this season. So you bring up an interesting point when you say, you know, how many roster spots are you going to put up for a goalkeeper? Because if Josh Labos does come back, what do you do with that other keeper if you go out and make a move? Yeah. And, you know, here's the interesting thing about it is that, you know, I think the more playing time you give Matty eyes, the uh, the more he's going to settle into that position because he, he, he is a quality keeper, but it's just I, I, I don't know if I agree with you when you say that Florida is running away with the East because, you know, they still have to play Milwaukee. They still have to play Baltimore, which isn't going to be an easy task. I mean, you know, I think we've shown that we, ha- we have the capability of beating the tropics. I think Baltimore has the capability of beating the tropics. You know, they're back at five hundred now after they won today against uh, Sedona. Um, so it, it's it's hard for me to say that Florida is running away with these because you look at their schedule and they still have some pretty tough games coming up.
1: I still think you've got Florida. They're, they're two games ahead of Milwaukee and Utica. And those two teams really haven't shown us. I mean, Utica showed us what they're capable of on Sunday. But they've also shown us that they can give away leads pretty easily, just like Milwaukee did. So, and in yeah. Florida, I mean, Florida took care of
0: business 16-3 to against Orlando yesterday, so... But it's Orlando. uh, It's Orlando. Okay, here's the thing. And I I hate disagreeing with you. Well, actually, no, I don't. No, you don't. No, I don't. But that's beside the point. Let me ask you this because I genuinely do not know the answer to this question. Does Florida play Utica this season? No. Okay. So, really, I don't know if they play San Diego. I don't think they do. They do. Okay, so there you go. So At home. it's Well, here's the
1: thing. it's San Diego has five games on the road. I think it's Monterey,
0: Harrisburg. Sonora,
1: Baltimore, Orlando, Florida, or something like that.
0: And you're going to remember Harrisburg in there, too. Oh, yeah. Harrisburg's in there, too. So, I mean, here's the thing. You know, is I'm not going to say Florida can beat San Diego. Do I think they're going to beat San Diego? No, I don't. Do I think Florida is going to beat Milwaukee again? It's quite possible the way that Milwaukee's playing. Absolutely. Do I think Baltimore can beat Florida? Yes. I do. So, that being said... It's very, very difficult for me to say that Florida is going to run away with this conference because I think both Milwaukee and Utica have the capability to challenge them for that first spot.
1: Yeah, I mean, in, in order for for Florida to, to come back down and for those other teams to move up, I mean, the the games against San Diego, Baltimore are huge for Florida and Utica in the case of Utica, they need to start pulling away from these games that they're supposed to be pulling away well, from. And
0: you know what it's very interesting you mentioned that because Milwaukee needs to do the same thing. But for Milwaukee it's not a matter of they need to pull away because they have hold the ways, They just don't hold the league. So it's, it's very hard for me to say that I think Milwaukee is going to challenge for a championship based off of the way that they're playing right now. Do I think they'll fix it? Yeah, I do. I mean, they have two of the best coaches imaginable. They have a great staff. Just like Unica, you know, when they went into San Luis and they lost the first game against St. Louis. I was thinking, well okay, let's see what they do for part two and look what happened,
2: you know so,
0: I don't know but I, I think the other interesting thing you have to think about as well is so San Diego has to play both Um, Florida and Milwaukee, not to mention Monterey, not to mention Harrisburg, they could be in real trouble here, to be quite honest with you. They could be in real trouble. And honestly, I think in order to, to, to challenge for them first spot in the West, I think reasonably they have to win all five of those games on the road. And that's not going to be easy to do. Oh,
1: no. that That's going to be uh, a tall task. And they're, I mean, they're up for the task. And I, I can't wait to see these games. And wow. predicting them to be crazy.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So,
1: uh, best, best of luck to them. But uh, I... Starting, it starts Friday.
0: But I think here's the thing, too. And we talked about... Milwaukee not being able to hold the lead. We talked about Utica not being able to hold the lead. Look what San Diego did against Mesquite last night. They they were up, gosh, I believe they, they were up by four at one point. It was
1: four to nothing.
0: Yep. Yeah. And that ends up being a 2 goal game. So, I mean, I, I think they're in the, said it best when we did our episode last week and the MISL is so unpredictable this season that it's just it's hard to say who's going to do what because I think right now the only team that I can say genuinely is going to run away with anything is Monterey
1: yeah yeah, I, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. Um, crazy for me to say that after telling everyone they were going to win 14 to 15 games this season, and they're pretty much there now, so...
0: They could they could run the table realistically.
1: Oh, they could, but, I mean, we all know San Diego went 23-1 last season, and they still didn't win. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. And... I'll tell you, if I met anybody in that Western Conference, that is not a team that I want to play right now.
1: Nope. I mean, that Western Conference is wide open. Oh,
0: absolutely. I mean, it's... You know, okay, I know we said we were only going to talk about two teams. But I asked you a couple weeks ago, I said... Are we looking at the downward spiral of Turlock? You said not quite yet. Do you still feel that way? Because they they have not looked good as of
1: late. Um, I mean, anything's possible, really. Yeah. In that Western conference. So, there's still hope for Turlock, but... Uh, I
0: kind of think we're seeing flashbacks of Turlock of old. Yeah, I I, I don't disagree with you at all, and I think you know it's to me it's not as surprising as it might be to some other people because you know I I think don't get me wrong they're they're not as bad as they were last year, not even remotely as bad as they were last year. Cause they're not it's not like they're getting blown out every single game. I mean they're pretty much they've been pretty much in every game that they played. But I'm not gonna talk about this too much because I'm gonna let you talk about it. But I think The biggest surprise to me
1: thus far has been Ontario. Where where do we begin with Ontario? They they go into Monterey and or wait, did they go to Solace first? I forget which one. They went
0: to Solace.
1: Okay, so they go into Solace and they well, the same happened in both games. They didn't show up. Yeah. I mean they got they got blown out in both games. Um and then they come home last Monday night, or was it Thursday? No, it was Thursday. So it's Thursday night, they come home, revenge on their mind against Monterey, and everything looked great. Yeah. But just like every other top-tier team, they found a way to lose.
0: P.S., I
1: think I have that backwards. Not a, not a yeah, I think it was Monterey and then Sol. Yeah,
0: I, I, you're absolutely right. It is. I'm, I, so. I apologize for that.
1: No, it's all right. Um, but, I mean, they're both the same. I mean, they had a 5, five one lead going into that fourth quarter. Yeah. And then, I, I don't know what happened. I. It's funny. I was watching the game and then I fell asleep and then I woke up the next day and I saw that Monterey had come back and I talked to Adam and he's like, Oh, did you watch that Ontario Monterey game? I go, Yeah, I watched the first three quarters of it. Why did I miss anything? So Yeah, I
0: watched that game. You missed a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, apparently I apparently I did. Um but I So, I I really don't know what happened in that fourth quarter. If it was just Monterey flipping on another switch or Ontario pulling back. Yeah, I don't
0: know. Um, You you know, it's interesting because then you look and they go to Dallas. (coughs) I mean, not Dallas, excuse me, uh, Tacoma. And they beat Tacoma. So, it's it's difficult because you know, you look at the Tacoma game, and they they looked like the Ontario of old. And I, I even I even said to Adam, as people watching the game, I said, this is the Ontario that we're used to. Yeah, and I, and I think the, the key for Ontario, <laughs> and we, we've
2: mentioned this before, it's going to be the consistency. Like you need to put together four good
1: quality quality quarters, because if you don't, you're gonna you're gonna find the other team coming back, and by the time you realize it, the score is gonna be tied, right? And they're gonna have all the momentum on their side, right? Or they're gonna in the lead, and you're gonna have to play catch. Well,
0: and I, I I think here's another question for you, since. I talked a little bit about St. Louis, too. Do you... Are you convinced... After watching the two games... Well, three games... Two against... Utica, one against Milwaukee... Are you convinced... That they put up a... That they put together four quarters yet? Because... Okay, even though they won... Two of those games... I I'm still not convinced that they put together a full game yet. I mean because you look at the game against Milwaukee, they yes, they came back, but I mean they were down big, right? And then you know, they they were down against Utica and they came back. But I I'm just I'm not convinced that St. Louis has put together a full game this season. And, you know, I give credit to St. Louis because they're finding a way to win games. But at some point, if you really want to make a push, you have to be able to put together four quarters of good soccer. And I I can't say that Milwaukee has done that. I mean, excuse me, St. Louis has done that.
1: You're right. St. Louis hasn't. Um, They they put together some amazing fourth quarters, but where were they in the first three quarters of those games?
0: Exactly. So
1: it's
0: difficult for me to say that St. Louis has the talent to make a push for one of those four spots, because I don't see them overtaking Harrisburg, if it comes down to, if I had to choose between them, Baltimore and Harrisburg, like you've said all along, it's going to go, go between Harrisburg and Baltimore, without a doubt. But, you know, going back to Going back to Ontario, it's interesting because, you know, every and I have this discussion too, as did I have a discussion with Christopher Funk. And we were discussing it, and I said, Is there something going on internally with the Ontario theory? Because you would think with having Uzi Thai, With having free time and with having Jermaine Jones, who hasn't played a lot this season, that Ontario would be right there in the discussion for the top place in that Western Conference. And even, you know, even the play of Chris Tolts has to be somewhat of a concern for. Ontario because he's given up some really uncharacteristic goals this season.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of interesting they they took him out of that game in Solace. And yeah, I've never yeah. seen that happen before. So no. but it was good to see him bounce back in Tacoma.
0: Oh yeah, he played really, really well in Tacoma. I mean. It, it looks like the regular Chris Toth. Yeah. All right. Well,
1: I, I that's going to be a key to their success going forward. Oh, I think yeah. Chris Toth has to be that stalwart and goal that we know. Um, yeah. Yeah,
0: that's, that's going to be the key. Well, now's the movie you've been waiting for. I gonna mean, I'm going to turn it over to you and probably not say very much, because I want to hear your perspective on Utica, because I'll be honest with you, I was completely shocked about the first game in St. Louis. I did not see that coming, nor uh, nor I'm sure did you. Well, okay, so let's flash back last year, when
1: Utica faced St. Louis in St. Louis. Yep. Utica was up 8-1 to one going into the fourth quarter. And Everton at the time was the player coach. Uh, and he came out and did sixth attacker that entire quarter. Yep. Utica, Utica barely won that game. So, what happened on Friday... It was the same exact thing. A lot of people didn't see that coming. The the announcers are like, well, we didn't deserve to win the game. How are we still in this game? What did that? like?" It happened last year. Yeah. It happened this year. And I think right now, the Achilles heel for Utica... Is special teams?
0: Oh, absolutely! I-, I couldn't agree with you more.
1: And that's and that's including sixth attacker because that first game they give up five goals, two of which were in the last three minutes, four minutes of the game. Yep, yep. Because they were they were down or they were up five four. Nate Bordeaux. Sc- so it's 6 for Utica and then they just it fell apart again so yeah, um, I was listening to oh I was on my way home last night and I knew the, the Keeper's Corners podcast was going on and I gave them my opinion of both games and I'll say it again the second game you saw them do the same exact thing they brought out the sixth attacker in the fourth quarter, and they played so much better.
0: Well, it, I, you know, uh, obviously yesterday could have been a lot worse because after Paulo goes down, I thought the floodgates were gonna open.
1: You know, I I, did, you know, I I did too because I mean. The interesting thing was Lucas Almeida was still pushing up as if he were a sixth attacker instead of, like, staying back like a goalkeeper.
0: Well, I think at that point, you know, they were already down. I I think Everton's way of thinking is, you know, we need to score, and we really need to score now. Right. I I
1: just, I I thought it was interesting. And let me ask you. Because I've, I've seen this on MASL off the wall and I, I kind of have an opinion as well on it. What do you think of St. Louis
2: not having two goal, goalkeepers on their active roster? I,
0: you know, here's the thing. Uh,
1: you know, after seeing what
0: happened with Josh Lee before the start of the season, after seeing what happened with Rafa Diaz today, and, you know, after seeing how many t- times Rafa has gone down already this season. Um, you know, it, it surprises me because I think you're always thinking of risk when you don't have two goalkeepers. Um, you know, I, I think Everton's way of thinking is, well, if he goes down, he goes down, and I'll, I'll deal with it when it happens. I'm not saying that's the right way of thinking because I don't think that it is. But you saw it for years with Keith Tozer when he was the coach of the wave, you know. He never, ever dressed a second goalkeeper. And his philosophy was, you know, I'll have Todd or Troy or Joe or whoever, you know, play that goalkeeper position if I have to. Only problem is that it doesn't look like Everton has guys practicing to be in that goalkeeper situation when called upon. Um you know it's hard to judge based off of yesterday because they were already down. So I think like I said, the mindset was, hey, we gotta get back in this game, Lucas, you pushed up. So that we have basically six attackers instead of five field players and a goalkeeper we have six attackers and you you know you saw the wave doing it against st louis and it was very effective but yeah i i just i don't agree with not having two goalkeepers because the masl this year is a lot different than the M.A.S.L. say three, four years ago where you barely ever saw teams dressing two goalkeepers. Um, yeah, I, I, I personally don't agree with it. I just, I think it's taking a huge risk, but I think it's kind of one of those risk reward type of things. We don't really could bite us, but, you know, that's just the chance that you take.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I personally think you should. I mean, I, I think it should be required <coughs> when you have two goalkeepers on your active roster. Yeah. I mean, we, we've seen it now twice where, um, I mean, Kansas City today, had twelve guys suited up, and one was apparently like suited up to be a field player, and they only had one goalkeeper. and I, I just think, and the league changed the rules so you could have two on the active roster. Yeah, and I mean with with what happened in St. Louis uh, yesterday, they weren't down by that much. I think it was either four to one or five to one.
0: It so was,
2: they were
1: still in it.
0: At the time, it was 5-1. Yeah,
1: so they came back from a 5-1 deficit two days prior. So, I, I just think if...
0: But again, I, I think it proves my point because if, if you watch Lucas Almeida, he doesn't look like he's comfortable in that goalkeeper position. So... If you're not going to dress a keeper, you have to have somebody practice that position on a regular basis so that they get somewhat comfortable playing in that position. Because again, one type of thing. If if you're not going to dress two keepers, assume that you're taking a risk. If you're going to take the risk. You have to have more of your field players be comfortable playing in that position.
1: I um, mean, that's 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 another option, but you're you're putting a field player in harm's way because I mean they're relentless when they see that sixth attacker, so they're absolutely. not going to.
0: And if you watch that, if you watch that second game, even the commentator said. Now that follows out, if I'm Utica, I shoot on sight. You know, it's, it's, why wouldn't you shoot on sight? Like, and I was, like I said to you before, I was incredibly surprised that they only
1: gave up one goal
0: with Lucas Almeida in the net.
1: Yep. But I, I think... Yeah, we had talked about this, where St. Louis hasn't played like four full quarters. No, and, and we saw that, and we saw that again Friday, where they they played one full quarter and they ended up winning because, uh, well, Utica handed them the the win, I think.
0: I have to, I have to ask you this because as soon as it happened I thought of you um how how far did your heart go in your throat when you say saw Mbasi go down in that game yesterday
1: um I I was kind of worried a little bit um but I saw him walking off on his own power and I I thought it was I thought it was okay um yeah, Obasi is one of those game changers and, and the team the team would be interesting with without him. I I think they would do great, but he just adds a, another dimension to that team.
0: Oh yeah. And you know, I it's funny you say that because I I kind of thought the, um the same thing when Rafa went down today, I, I thought, well, he finished the first half, so my first thought was okay, he's okay. And then he didn't come out the second half, I'm like oh, well, maybe he's not okay. And so, so I don't know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that situation. And the interesting
1: thing is the two teams play again next weekend here in Utica.
0: Yeah, they play each other.
1: Part three of St. Louis and Utica.
0: Yeah, and I mean it's, I I think you're going to see a completely different scenario than what you saw Friday night. I I think it's going to be quite similar to what you saw last night, where it's not really that close. Especially with it being in Utica, I think it's going to be very difficult for St. Louis to keep up with uh, UCFC. Um, You know, I could be wrong, because as usual, St. Louis has... A tendency to surprise those as of late, so who knows? But I, no,
1: I, I I I think St. Louis plays two two games on the road in Orlando in Florida, um, and then they have to go to Utica. While wow. yeah. Utica has a week to rest to 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 heal up a little bit and then come into that game.
0: Yeah. Now let me ask you this, since we're on the well, I actually have two questions regarding goalkeeper situations. So if 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 it was Kloughlin in Gold Friday night, is it a different outcome?
1: No.
0: You still think no. that you'd still think that would lost. No. I do not I do not put
1: any of the blame on Matt Perella. Those no. two goals
0: Matt Pirelli and Paulo Acevedo played one heck of a game. No, I uh, I completely agree. I completely agree. I don't think it would have changed the outcome either. No. I was just curious because, you know, the sting moment back of goalkeepers is, well, they're not as good as your primary goalkeeper. Well, Matt Perella could be a starter anyway. And... You know, so I, I don't agree with that at all. But my, my other interesting point when it comes to goalkeepers is this. What do you think the strategy of Phil Salvatio is when it comes to planning to take out his keeper at the end of a half? Because uh, we've seen it now a couple of times. And both of those times, it kind of bit him in
1: the rear end. It, it makes, honestly, I'm just gonna say it. It makes absolutely no sense to me. No, I
0: I completely agree. I I don't understand it, and quite frankly, <coughs> I don't think I don't think Frank Elston understands it. To be quite honest, but I think you know it, it's. I just want to know what the thought process is that you think Phil Sobecki had because I've tried to figure it out, figure it out the last two times and I haven't been able to.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm completely clueless. I, I think Ariana played one heck of a game. I mean, he kept him scoreless. He was pitching a shutout. Why why take someone out when they're doing that?
0: Is it a matter of you just want to get both of your keepers some sort of playing time? Because I get that. But if that's what you want to do, play Ariaga one game and play part of the next game. There's no reason to play one half and one half. I, I Honestly, I have, I have never seen that before.
1: Yeah,
0: that, and it's happened, the
1: thing is, it's happened twice. Yep. So, like, it, it doesn't it doesn't
0: make any sense to me. And like I told you, both of those times, it's almost cost San Diego dearly. You know, Ariaga started a goal yesterday, Boris Pardo comes in and gives up three goals and Alvarez costs, I'm not going to say he cost them the game at all, but I mean... I think the decision-making of film Selvaggio is, well, for lack of a better word, curious, you know? Um, I I don't know, man. It's just, it's very
1: strange to me. It's it's weird. I'm completely baffled by it. I wish I had, like, some sort of reasoning for it, but I, I can't think of it.
0: Well um, I mean,
1: the the thing is, if you're if you're Diego Ariaga, okay, you had a great rookie year or a great year in the MASF, you could probably be a, a big time goalkeeper in I would say most of the teams in the MASF. Yeah. I think Arriaga yeah. is better than probably half of the goalkeepers in the M.A.S.L. right
0: now. I mean, you mean to tell me a team like Turlock would not take Arriaga? Come on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, he could be starting for Turlock. He could be starting for... Dallas? Dallas.
0: miss um, uh, I, like
1: Cort- I like Cortez. I like Cortez.
0: Um, I still think he could be a really good goalkeeper. There, you know, you, you look probably, at
1: probably, I mean, possibly Kansas City. I, I mean, there's, there's, there are teams that could use a big-time keeper like Ariana.
0: Milwaukee at this point, Jesus. Yeah, Milwaukee
1: at this point. So why, why go to a team where you're gonna be a, a backup,
0: and then when you're in the game? You get taken out yeah. halfway through. Your, co- is- Your coach takes you out of the game. Yeah, I
1: I, I don't understand that at all. But that's, yeah. like, that's
0: like taking a pitcher out when he's throwing a no-hitter. Yeah, uh, no, I completely agree with you. And, and if I'm already I'm thinking to myself, why did I even come here if I'm just going to be taken out of the game? Because... Here's the thing, and this is the part that I do not understand to save my life. And I don't think anybody's thought of this. Maybe you have, because you you and I tend to think of the same wavelengths. But, you know, even when Chris Tolman and Boris Garno were in tandem, you never saw Phil somebody do something like that. He never took one out to put the other one in. So why would you do it with somebody like Ariaga as part of it? Like you said, it just doesn't make sense. No. The other question I wanted to ask you is before we get into our picks for this upcoming week. Um did you watch the Baltimore game today?
1: Um, I watched a little bit of it. I was I was <clears> that work. For, for most
0: of the day, so I, I watched a little bit of it. I didn't. I didn't watch the whole thing. Did you catch the second half? That's what I'm concerned. No, about.
1: no, I did not.
0: Okay, because there there's a bit of controversy if you go back and watch the game re- regarding a red card and if there should have been a red card, if, if there should not have been a red card, and um. Even today in the Milwaukee game, you know, um, Adam said today that he thought yellow cards on a bench were completely pointless, and to an extent I completely agree with that because I think, you know, you, you don't charge, (coughs) you don't charge a bench, you charge who, um, who does the infraction, um. But in in the case of today, it was Kansas City got three yellow cards. And so it ended up being a blue card. And in the Baltimore game, there should have been a red card on the goalkeeper forward Sonora because he threw a punt. At least that's what people say. I don't know. If you go back and watch, you'll see. And I, I just wanted to... To know your yeah. to know your opinion but since you didn't see it you can't really give me said opinion so true
1: um i mean yeah bench bench yellows are kind of pointless i mean that's absolutely right because in in the case you have two goalkeepers the backup goalkeeper serves it what's
0: what good is that oh the backup goalkeeper can't go in for five minutes If I'm to be honest with you, I think yellow cards in general are pointless in indoor soccer. I mean, I do. Okay, so you don't get to play for five minutes. It's not like you get a power play out of it. Okay? It's I don't care if it's a bench warning or not. A regular yellow card doesn't even make sense to me because you can choose who who you put in the box especially if it's a bench warning. Obviously, if it's for the center or something, you have to serve the penalty. But again, it doesn't really give a team an advantage because nobody's gonna say to you, "Okay, you have to play five on four for five minutes." That's just not gonna happen. No. But in that case, okay, take away the, the take away the. Yellow card and make it a double misconduct then. So. Instead, or,
1: if it's a if it's a bench warning or a bench yellow, charge have one of the five players that were on the field serve it.
0: Right. I mean, here's the thing. I get if you're gonna pull a yellow card, I think, and I I truly think the league has to take. better look at this you know it the whole point of the card system is to punish someone right but with a yellow card especially again if it's for descent or something of that nature it's still five on five there's no there's no numerical advantage other than the fact that okay that player can't come back for five minutes I don't know, I, I just, I've never been a fan of yellow cards to begin with, but that's just my opinion.
1: No, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I think there needs to be some sort of added thing on top of a five-minute.
0: Well, what about this? If you're going to do that, then it's like hockey, right? If you get... A five-minute misconduct, you have to put somebody else in the box. That serves as ever.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're... You're playing with mostly hockey rules. Why not throw that in there?
0: I mean, you have to give them some kind of advantage. Because to me, technically... A yellow card, if we're going to look at the actual rulebook, a yellow card is worse than a blue card because a blue card is two minutes and a five. A yellow card is five. So you're telling me that there's less of a punishment for a yellow card than there is a blue card? Come on, that doesn't make sense.
1: Nope, you're absolutely
0: right. All right, well, let's get into the fun part of this. Let's get Well, into- you, okay, well,
1: let Let's stop there, because we are almost an hour in. Yeah. Do you, to, do you want to do episode two with the picks?
0: Like right now, stop now and do episode two. We can,
1: we can do that. Okay. We can do that. But
0: then we have to fill it up with
1: well, I mean, unless you want to do picks real quick.
0: No, I mean, because this goes up to two hours, remember?
1: Yeah. But you know, what, um, yeah, you know what, let's just do the picks. If it's an hour and a half long,
0: whatever. Yeah, whatever. let's just do it.
1: Let's just do All it. Right. So, um, okay. So, we're not even going to go into last week's picks. Um, because
0: I they were absolutely abysmal.
1: Let's just leave it Yeah, let's that. just. Yeah, we're just gonna <laughs> not even go into that. Oh, speaking of <clears throat> um fantasy soccer, it's really close between the three of us this week.
0: Yeah, I you know I didn't even ask about that.
1: Um, I think you were like a point ahead of me going into today.
0: Well, I'm not surprised. That's usually how it is. It's always very close. It's never like a... Well, I shouldn't say that. That one day that you have had... I forget who it was, but there was a goalkeeper that absolutely blew you out of the water against me. Yeah, that's happened to me a couple of times already this season. But luckily
1: I yeah. had a good one this week. Um, yeah. Alright. So we'll just get into the picks really quick Yeah. Uh, so Friday night San Diego starts their road trip uh, in
0: Harrisburg where they face the Heat <sighs> you know Harrisburg has played reasonably well but I, you know do they have the player power to beat a team like San Diego it really depends because San Diego San Diego is a team that you know they have a tendency to give up leads. So I look at this as if Harrisburg can capitalize on San Diego mistakes to the point where they actually are able to come back if they're down, then yes, I think they can win. Do I think they're going to win? No, I think San Diego
1: wins well, I'm going to pick Harrisburg for a couple of reasons. First, Harrisburg plays at home. If this game is played in San Diego, I'm taking the soccers every day of the week. This game is being played in Harrisburg. It's a, a different environment. And Harrisburg's yeah. done really, really well at home. Recently. I'm not going to say this
0: season because I think they played Rochester and then they played Sonora the other day. Well, it, it's interesting that you bring up Rochester, right? Because one of the things I said to you, Rice, you know, you would think after playing Harrisburg so many times that they would start to get the just some things. Yeah, it was 13-3 the other day. Don't, I don't think that's happening. Anyway,
1: go on. Yeah, I, I just, and, and second of all, I just, I kind of, I really want Harrisburg to win these out-of-conference games because, no, yeah. I mean, that that means they're still going to be in that fourth playoff spot. Mm. That means Baltimore's not going to be in the playoffs. So I, I just, I want Harrisburg to keep winning.
2: Well,
0: and it's kind of... I, I completely agree with you because at the end of the day, it's better for Milwaukee as well. Uh, right. But here's the interesting thing, and I hate to thank rest. I know I've been doing that a lot this episode. I'm sorry. But I have to go back to Rochester for just one second. You know, we're at that point of the season where... You know, we said, okay, they're going to win one or two games. I'm thinking it's looking less and less likely as the season comes out. I hate to be that guy, but it's just... Uh, <coughs> I don't see any improvement. And if I do see improvement, it's for one or two games. And then it goes back to, hey, we're giving up 13 goals again.
1: Well... Wow. You know, I'm looking. I'm looking at the schedule. I printed out the schedule for the next few weeks, and I do see a winnable game for Rochester. I'm not going to say what game it is, but I see a winnable game for Rochester this season.
0: Yeah. Um. Here's an interesting question, and again, I'm asking you because I don't know. But since we're on the topic. When is the last time that we saw an MASL team, or an NPSL team, or an MISL team, when's the last time we saw a team in general go winless in a season?
1: I don't know, because the Pennsylvania Roar won a game.
0: Yeah, they won one in
1: their season. Yeah?
0: I believe that was the only game they won, too.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. I honestly could not tell you. I, I'm i not taking a Ron test. believe me I'm not. I want them to do well. I'm, I'm genuinely curious when the last time we saw an indoor soccer team go win this in a season. Because I know in my 20 plus years of watching the game, I've never seen it.
1: Well, it's not going to happen this year.
0: I wouldn't I wouldn't be so sure.
1: But we'll we'll get to that. I will call or I will predict that game when we get
0: to it. Alright, dear.
1: Okay. okay. So we both picked different teams for the first game.
0: Surprise, uh, surprise, surprise, man.
1: Yeah, I think the next few games we're gonna agree on. Uh, Orlando versus St. Louis in Orlando.
0: St. Louis
1: Yep, uh, I mean, I, I think the Ambush will put together their most well rounded game this season in Orlando. Yeah. Uh, they're going to have to because they play Florida the next night, I guess. Oh, you know
0: what? I just thought of something. I just thought of something. Does Rochester play Orlando? Uh, I don't
1: know. Uh, I don't know. I would have to keep looking.
0: Huh. Um, No. I I, I honestly thought that was the game you were talking about.
1: That, I mean, that they could win. But this, this game, I'm calling a win for Rochester. Anyways. So we both picked St. Louis.
0: I mean that's that's pretty self-explanatory.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Orlando, Orlando losing sixteen to three last night was that what they needed?
0: I mean, but then again, it wasn't exactly surprising either. What was that? I said, but then again, it wasn't exactly surprising either.
1: Oh no! I mean, Florida scored seven goals in the fourth quarter. Uh, I mean. It it kind of reminded me of when Florida played Rochester, where they're they're a team that has not given up a lead. Uh, Well, they almost did.
0: Yeah, they almost.
1: Oh, oh, Milwaukee almost gave up that lead. That's right.
0: Yeah, five to four. Yep.
1: Okay. Okay. So, we've got Ontario versus Turlock in Ontario.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, as much as I want to root for Toronto, like I got to take Ontario. No,
1: I I completely agree with you. Yeah, I, I think Ontario put together a really good game in Tacoma. Uh, the last time these two teams met, Ontario pulled out the victory. So I, I see more of the same.
0: And but- we we kind of talked about this before. I I think. We're seeing the like of old, which, if you're a Turlock fan, doesn't really make you happy. But, you know, again, this is an Ontario team where, we've said this about a lot of teams this year, you genuinely do not know what team you're going to get. So, if it's the Ontario team that forgets how to play when it comes to the fourth quarter, hey, Turlock's got a chance.
1: Yeah, I think I think this game is more important for Turlock than it is Ontario. Oh yeah. Because I mean that third and fourth playoff spot is wide open. Um, right. And, and I, I think if Ontario wins, you're you're going to see, start seeing a little bit of separation. But if, I, if Turlock wins. That, if, that, it, it'll help out. It'll help out going forward. So wow. I I, just, I think it's
0: more important for Turlock to win it, but they won't. Well, I, I, I kind of agree, but I kind of disagree because I truly really think if Ontario loses this game, you might be looking at the end of the season for Ontario, genuinely, because they've already, they already went through a stretch where they lost six in a row. If they lose this one, you're looking at six of the last seven. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I can see both sides of it. When it comes down to it, both of these teams need to win this game, and that's the problem. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, but I mean, if you're, if you're talking, if both teams need this game desperately, I mean, you're going to take Take
0: the whole team. Well, um, realistically, if I have to choose who's going to make the playoffs, if somebody says to me, "You have to choose either Ontario or Toronto to make the playoffs," I'm going to choose Ontario every time. Yeah, I'm absolutely. So, but I am. That's just common sense in a way. I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, you're right. I, uh, so, the next game, this this has the makings to be an upset as well. But it
0: won't. Tacoma at home against Monterey. Oh. Well, you know, here's the thing. You know, we've seen Tacoma at home. We've seen where they play really well at home, they pull out a win. But then we see the the other side of it where they start out really well and they give up the lead and ultimately they end up losing the lead because Tacoma is one of those teams that just does not effectively use the 6th attacker. They just don't. And so ultimately I think it comes down to this. If Tacoma plays a really, really good game, I mean, it's probably, it probably has to be one of the best games they played all year. If Ron Morse gets involved, if McCluskey gets involved, if Pereira gets involved, if Danny Walton plays really well, yeah, I, I see Tacoma possibly making a run at this game. Do I think it's going to happen? No. Uh, I think Monterey wins this game. That being, <clears throat> that being said, I think it could be one of those games that is decided in the last minute or maybe possibly even goes to overtime.
1: Okay, so I've been thinking about this. And I, I said that you and I are probably going to agree on the next few games. And then I think back to last season, who was the only team to give San Diego a loss?
0: Tacoma.
1: And lately, Monterey's been finding ways to win, which is fine and dandy, but they had to come back against Ontario. They didn't play a solid game in Turlock. They won, I think, five to four, five to three, something like that. You know, I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'm gonna say Tacoma wins this. Danny Waltman has one heck of a game.
0: I disagree with you. I, I think that Monterey is going to win this game. I I think that what it's going to come down to is. Jacob gets behind late in the game and they just don't use the six attacker the way they need to and my probably comes away with a six attacker goal. And that's the way the game ends.
1: Okay. Now, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that. I I think at
0: at this point I'll be so far ahead of you in the picks that I could I could Um Hello <laughs> Reaper. Oh, yeah. We've been relatively even in them So I don't know where
1: you're coming on oh, video. Oh, that's true. Well, we we went opposite on the Harrisburg San Diego game,
0: so. Yeah, when I win, you should be like, oh, I should have I picked that game. Uh, no, I'm, I'm sticking to Tacoma.
1: All right, so Saturday, we've got Florida versus St.
0: Louis. Uh, you know. <laughs> I, it's, it's difficult for me because in my mind I'm thinking Florida's going to run away with this game, but I think St. Louis has arguably one of the most underrated goalkeepers in this league in Palo, and I think he's going to have a really good game. I think Florida wins, but I don't think it's going to be a runaway game the way that some people might think it's going to be
1: yeah I'm going to take Florida as well Uh, I I think it's going to be at least four goals
0: oh god not even close yeah I mean playing the night before yeah
2: then playing in Florida under Lakeland
1: against the tropics
0: I think Florida wins by two at most (laughs)
1: Nope. <laughs> I don't see that. You know, it, it, wouldn't, it
0: wouldn't be us awesome if we didn't disagree on something.
1: I know, right? Alright, so the next game is... Oh, I had to flip it around. Uh, Baltimore versus San Diego. In Baltimore.
0: This one is extremely difficult for me to come And I say that because it's just yes it's San Diego but I just I don't know but something is telling me to take Baltimore in this um, I think San Diego is going to struggle playing on the smaller fields and I think that's going to give Baltimore the advantage I think if if Vinny Dantas plays the way he is Capable of playing, I think he has a really good game. I think you're going to start seeing Lucas Roque start getting back to the way he is capable of playing. You know, I think Sperman could be a factor in there. I'm going to go on the here and take Baltimore over San Diego. You know, I'm going to agree with you. Even though I really don't
1: want
0: to. Yeah, I don't want to either.
1: But, I mean, in a perfect, in my perfect world, Harrisburg wins and then Baltimore loses the next night. But I can't, I can't do that to myself. So, I'm I'm going to take Baltimore. I think there's one or two people, probably one person that has actually played on that field multiple times. And it's Lovisa Ubi Parapovic.
0: Well so that, that that's
1: there why. is someone on that that'll be on that field with some experience.
0: Well, exactly. Yeah, that's why I think I I I think that's what might be the Achilles heel from San Diego is the small size of the CQ Arena. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna take Baltimore as
1: well, but it wouldn't hurt me to see San Diego that
0: game. No, I agree, but I will say this, that 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 has to be one of those games where Phil Salvatio doesn't go with his recent strategy of switching goalkeepers at the half, because if he does that, it's not even close. No, you're
1: right. Okay, so this game, this is right up your alley. If, if you pick
0: this game wrong, I'm done doing this podcast
1: with okay? Oh, no. Milwaukee versus Rochester in
0: Milwaukee. <laughs> I'm going to go with Rochester. No, I'm kidding.
1: So am I. Remember how I told you there's a game that I think Rochester will
0: win? Yeah, and I'm going to tell you to go I'm going to go tell you to check into rehab right now. Like, I don't know what you're on, but you need to get oh off,
1: like, like as soon let, as you possible. Finish my I said there was a game that they were going to win. This is not going to be it. Um, no, no, you know what?
0: I I actually feel bad for Rochester because Ian Bennett and Max Ferdinand are going to have a field day with Rochester's defense. Uh, I legitimately think Milwaukee gets into double figures in this game easily it's not even close
1: yeah Yeah, you're absolutely right I'm thinking Milwaukee as well Uh, so now we get into probably what I'm gonna say is is a very important game I, I think Baltimore San Diego is an important game but I think this game is more important, especially in the landscape of the Eastern Conference. We've got. Oh, wait, no. That's on Sunday. Never mind. I'm going to get to that. <laughs> I forgot a few. There's a few that I. <laughs> way to build up to it. Well, like... there's going to be the game of the week coming up. Okay, um, okay, okay. But it's not this game. Turlock versus Dallas in Turlock.
0: You know what? Based off of the way that. Turlock has been playing and the fact that they have to play uh who did we say they play on stereo? No. Uh um, yep. yeah, okay, it is on stereo. Uh, you know, I I, I gotta go with Dallas this on this one. I really do. Wow. Okay. Alright. I'm
1: gonna go opposite. Uh, I'm gonna take Turlock. Uh, they're they're at home. Uh, they play really well at home, and we saw the other um, team from Dallas play in Turlock, and they played pretty well. Uh, they came out on top of that game. Yep. So I I, I see Turlock on that small field at home. I, I'm going to take Turlock on this one.
0: But, you know, Dallas has a tendency to – pull-up games where you're like okay didn't expect that one and I, I think this could be one of those games where you're just like wow, okay, you went into a small field and won good for you type of thing, you know
1: yeah, I, I don't know I, I we will agree to disagree as
0: usual yeah, like, uh, I, like I said, it wouldn't be us if we didn't
1: so. I completely disagree with you on that. <laughs>
0: anyway, uh, Solace at home against Mesquite. Oh, man. Um, You know, I've I got to be honest. I've become a very big fan of Mesquite as of late. And it's hard because, you know, you look at Solace they haven't played well. Well, I mean, they played well in one of their last two games. They did not play very well today. Um, oh, this is hard, but I'm going to go with Mesquite.
1: Okay, once again, we're going to disagree. Uh, Solace is playing at home. I- I'm going to use that as an excuse. Um, yeah.
2: They're, they're, they're playing at home. They're really good at home. I mean, they tore apart. Ontario, they have torn apart Dallas.
1: Um, yeah, but
0: I don't think you can underestimate the either. I mean, they. Oh
1: no, I'm not under. I'm not underestimating the at all. I'm just saying, I think Solace is going to come out, especially after this weekend's games against Paris yep. Baltimore, and they're going to be coming back home. They need this win. I mean, this game. This game right here could also be. Um, two oh. teams fighting for that fourth playoff spot in the Western
0: Conference. Yeah, and you know... So and, and,
1: and, it, uh, it's important for both teams, but I, I'm going to give the edge to Solace in this
0: one. No, yeah, I mean I, I think it could be one of those games that go either way. I, I just think... I think Mesquite genuinely surprised people this year. I, I don't think people thought that they would do as well as... They are doing, except for you. You had, you had said in our season preview that you thought they were going to do pretty well. I was, I wasn't so sure of them going into the season, but they, they've definitely made me a believer out of them. That's for sure. And yep.
1: Okay, so we've got two games left. Actually, three. We have two on Sunday and one on Monday. Um. Uh, yep. Rochester on the road. Against Kansas City.
0: Um, you know, I hate to be a Rochester hater here, but you got the likes of Leo Gibson. You know, you got guys like Still Kids. You got guys who can score. You, I I got it to Kansas City.
1: Yep, I completely agree with you. Kansas City pulls out another, another victory um yeah they they played one heck of a game today against Milwaukee and they were pretty close to winning um so yeah I mean they're playing at home against Rochester who plays the night before or a couple nights before. yeah. um so yes. now five minutes ago I mentioned this game is probably my game of the week and will be very important
0: for the Eastern Conference. And it's going to be Baltimore versus Harrisburg in Harrisburg. Oh, man. Oh, boy. You know, here's the thing. I I love Harrisburg. I I do like that. They played really, really well this year. And, you know, they've proven that they can win games when they need to. That being said, and like you said, they played really well at home. But I, I think you're going to start to see Baltimore become the Baltimore of old, especially with the addition of Victor France and Lucas Roquet. If they start to play to their level, and once Richard Spearman gets comfortable with that system, because He's only in his third game, I believe, with the team. And you got guys like Vinny Dantas, um, Olivier, uh, uh, Willie Vazella. You know, I, I, I just think that Baltimore's going to be too much for Harrisburg, even though it is on the road. I think they get the wrong victory.
1: Okay. I had a feeling gonna go with Baltimore and you and I have been disagreeing a lot this episode
0: yeah so why
1: don't why don't we disagree one more time
0: all right deal why not
1: I'm gonna take Harrisburg I mean I've I've seen both of these teams in action up close and personal and Harrisburg is something special right now um the, the resurgence of Jerger Gibson, uh, Elton De Oliveira coming over from Baltimore, uh, so he has an inside track on on what they're doing over there. Uh, I mean, Pat Healy's the coach, so he knows what Danny Kelly's up to.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. You know, um, and I will, I will be honest with you, if. If Baltimore is losing in the fourth quarter and they play like they did in today's fourth quarter, they don't win that game at all. I, I can pretty much guarantee it. They, they look really, really off in the fourth quarter today. and Then they had a, a big enough lead where it really didn't matter. But still, I mean... I just, I don't think, yeah, I, I, it's, if they play well throughout the course of the game and they have a lead going into the fourth quarter, I think Baltimore wins, but if they have to play from behind and they play chaotic the way they did today, I think, I think you might be right, I think Harrisburg will pull up the victory if it comes down to that.
1: Yeah, we 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 took opposite uh, opposite teams there. So the final game is Monterey versus Mesquite in
0: Monterey. <laughs> well, I just said how much I love Mesquite, but <laughs> y- yeah, I I don't think I don't think they beat Monterey, especially in Monterey.
1: So you're taking Monterey. Me too. Yeah, that that's a, that's an easy one. I mean, I I think they uh, they come home after losing to Tacoma and they they take care of business against Mesquite and they start. They're a new not win. gonna lose
0: to Tacoma? Are you kidding me? Yeah. No, not. Are maybe, you... maybe It's my
1: lack of maybe it's my lack of sleep that's making me do these crazy things. I mean, I'm...
0: we need to get you a case of Red Bull or something because. Clearly, your judgment is a little off there, my friend. Ah, uh, well, I mean, if if
1: that, I I would take coffee any day of
0: the. <laughs> you would be both, to be honest. You would be both. Um, okay, guys. So for fantasy MSL, as usual, for those of you that follow this podcast, I'm going to put my list in the MSL off the wall. Facebook page. If you would like to play along, please do the same. And at the end of the week, Matt will be so kind to tally up all of the points because he's he's good at that. I am not, so he'll take care of that. Um, Matthew, what what is? Are we going Friday through Sunday again, or what are we doing? Well,
1: we'll throw the Monday game in
0: too. Okay. Friday through Monday. And uh do you have a particular day uh that you wanna do the podcast or are we just gonna fly by
1: the wind here? I I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty open um this week. I think Friday night I'll have Hannah. So
0: I'll have both the kids that night.
1: Uh,
0: so that I'm pretty open I'm working to so, so do it. So do you wanna do like uh I don't know, I would say Wednesday or something. Uh yeah,
1: whatever. I mean i this week Wednesday, I have a game at eight fifteen, so that would probably well, be for next Wednesday.
0: Well, no, we can't. We gotta find something else to do this Wednesday because there's the games don't start till Friday, correct?
1: I'm open. I'm, I'll I'll be around Wednesday.
0: Okay, so what do you want to do for this week? Unless we, why don't gonna... we?
1: You know what? For the people that made it this far into the the podcast, why don't we leave it up to them? Yeah, that's a good word. Leave it up to them.
0: I like it. That's what I'll do. I'll I'll post that in the description and I'll say you guys are in charge of whatever we talk about for this week's episode. Yep. I like it. Good thinking, my friend.
1: Yeah. And I just made some crazy picks. So,
0: obviously
1: I'm there. I'm all here. Yeah, uh,
0: well, well, I don't know about that. I, I don't
1: know either.
0: You know, that's up to the people to decide. Uh, before I let you go completely off topic, who is your Super Bowl pick?
1: Okay, so it's a tough one. I mean, Kansas City, We they've, are, they've,
0: we they've have got, got a
1: lot of offensive yeah. weapons, and they've got Patrick Mahomes. Uh, going up against Jimmy Garoppolo and that San Francisco defense. Uh, two teams that haven't really had any sort of Super Bowl experience. Um, uh, defense wins championships for the most part. But, and San Francisco shut down Aaron Rodgers pretty well.
0: I knew, so, you, I knew you were going to bring that no, I don't like you.
1: No. I, well, I mean, it's what happened. Uh, no, uh, you I'm going to take, take Kansas City. You know,
0: um, you know what? I'll be honest with you. I, I I, turned up the game, and then I turned it back on because we got within 21, and I'm like, well, maybe, and then they scored again. I'm like, yeah, no, done. Um, uh,
1: yeah. But, but if they were playing on the size of a field of, like, say, Baltimore, I could kind of see...
0: Um, yeah, I don't know. If it was like a Wait,
1: did I say Kansas City? I meant to say... Wait. I'm going to say San Francisco wins. I said Kansas City, but my my reasoning was all about San Francisco. I'm taking the 49ers.
0: Yeah, once again, we're going to disagree. Agree to disagree, of yeah. course.
1: No, yeah, but I'll, I'll tell you
0: why. It's because... I truly think that Patrick Mahomes is probably the best quarterback in the NFL. And I think he is better than Lamar Jackson. I think he would would already become the youngest quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl. The guy is just unbelievable. But the key is... Is he going to be able to get out of the pocket and make plays? If San Francisco limits that, San Francisco wins. If he's able to escape the pressure and create plays out of the pocket, Kansas City wins.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a good game. We'll, oh, absolutely. we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. All right, buddy. Well, as usual, I will post my MSL picks. Uh, I know. <laughs> I'm dying, apparently. Uh, Uh-oh. Um, yeah, I'll post my pics on the MASL web or the Facebook page. And I'm going to laugh at you when you lose the pics this week. But that's okay. You know, <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully you've learned from this experience and become more like me next
1: week. Well, let's, let's
0: hope so. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, as usual, it's been fun. Thank you. And I will talk to you again probably in the next couple of days. All right. Sounds good.
1: We'll talk soon.
0: All right. See you, bud. Bye-bye.
2: All right. Later.